Whenever you're ready. Bob. Okay, well, welcome to the April 10th, 2023 meeting of the Board of Adjustments for Rock County. Uh, I'll introduce myself. I'm Don Prowan, and I'll let the rest of the board members introduce themselves. Jerry Albers. Brian Fitzgerald. Lyle Krug. Okay. And staff. Christy Windsor, planning director. Mike Spence, planning one. Oh. And if we also could have the uh, folks in the audience introduce themselves. Yes, my name is Kent Warner. Okay, Ken. Uh, Bill Orbelson. Okay. And Bill, you're you're here as a support for I'm uh, listening for him. Oh, I know you're the <laughs> Okay. Very good. Thank you. All right. Uh, in in addition to the normal publications, which are made to the uh, property owners, newspaper, legal notice, and posting on the physical site. Uh, Zoom video conferencing contact information was published on Route County uh, and planning website and posted to the meeting agendas through the county website. Uh, this meeting is also available via a call into Zoom. The link for the Zoom is on the agenda. Uh, Note that it's important that all commissioners, staff, petitioners, and public microphones be muted unless speaking. Uh, this, this is all about the Zoom situation. Additionally, members of the public should have their video off unless speaking, and staff will assist with managing this feature. Those wishing to speak, please raise your hand, and between, and between staff and myself, we will keep track of who wished to speak and call upon them to do so. For those who are attending without video, we'll need to interject during a lull in the conversation. Those participating via phone with audio can only can mute or unmute by pressing the star six on their keypad. They can raise their hand by pressing star nine. Those participating via computer or smartphone with video can raise their hand by putting their cursor on the picture or square if no video. And near the top where there are three dots option, where the three dot option appear, one of them is raise hand. Okay, that takes care of that. So uh, we'll call this meeting to order at this point in time. Uh, and we'll have uh, roll call of commissioners. Uh, commissioners respond to the president. So, um, we already did yeah, well, we introduced, but uh, just for the record, I'll go through this and uh, we'll uh, ask for Lyle Crow, present. Okay. Uh, Jerry Albers here. And Brian Fitzpatrick. I'm here. All right. We're good Hello, to go. Fitzgerald. Oh, Fitzgerald. I'm sorry. 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 <laughs> Stop this. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So um, uh, we'll then go through a uh, moment for public comment. Uh, we don't seem to have too much public here, but if any anyone uh, cares to speak, now's the time. Okay. We recognize that there's no public here at this time. All right. Um, 
Now we'll go on to approval of minutes. Um, Brian, you were here to review. I was, and I move that we approve the minutes as well. I'll second. Okay, that carries. Do you need a book over here? No. Okay. I note that there's no items on the consent agenda. So we proceed to the items for consideration. All right. Um, I think we're in a small group tonight, so it shouldn't be too much of a problem. Uh, the first thing that will occur is the petitioner uh, will make his presentation. Yeah, you're right. Yes, sir. <clears throat> is it appropriate to elect a chairman for the next year? I thought I said that in my notes. So um, we'll do that during an administrator's report. We'll get through this meeting first and then we'll okay. discuss that. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to put up the slideshow. All right. All right, so are you ready for Ted to present? Yes. All right, so I've got this slide and I've got these pictures. So feel free to let me know what you want to show, but that's fine. First of all, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, I am a terrible public speaker and get super nervous. So please do. Don't worry about it. Good to hear. Um, so I'm asking for a zero setback variance on the garage. Um, and the reason we're here tonight has nothing to do with any neighbors or any complaints. It was a very zealous real estate agent that asked a few questions and started the ball rolling that ended up here. Um, that was just a real long way of saying that what I'm asking for uh, is not in any way going to affect my neighbors in any way. The condition as is has existed for, I believe, over 15 years uh, with no problems. We're now trying to bring it up to code or up to permits and straighten everything out um, kind of after the fact, if you will. Uh, the garage was built um, and to my, to my knowledge, I, I don't know what the uh, original owner was thinking or what his original plans were, um, but was slightly over the property line in the front of the property or what I call the front of the property, which is technically the side, I suppose, um, by about five feet. Uh, and then the, um, the porch cover was overhanging on the back uh, by a small amount, I don't know exactly how much. Um, the, I did not do this. My understanding was that um, the previous owners reached out to the owners of the land behind me and they really didn't have any opinion one way or the other. They didn't, didn't care how it was resolved, if you will. Um, but we, it was tried to, we tried to resolve it through the owner, and they just didn't want to deal with it, the, uh, of the land behind. Um, my plan is right now is to bring the front of the garage back to the existing property line. Uh, that is over Department of Transportation. 
Um, and it's probably as is, even with the five feet over the line, almost 20 feet back from the existing dirt road. So I know I'm trying to bring it in and get permitted, but it's literally pulling it from 20 feet to 25 feet away from the road. Um, I'm better with questions and during a speech. I'm hoping Michael will do most of the heavy lifting. No worries. Okay. Um, all right. So yeah, as Kent explained, um, this property has some history prior to him purchasing it. Uh, the original home was built in 1986 under building permit C86071. Um, and it was granted a variance at the time for five foot east and east side and then five foot rear setbacks. Um, and the home somehow got improperly placed much further forward um, towards the north than it was actually approved for. Um, it did get a CO, so the home is legally non-conforming um, wherever it got placed. Um, and then the garage and subsequent additions to the home were built sometime between 1986 and today. Since we don't have permits on them, we can't give you an exact year. Um, the assessor has some approximations. Um, and these illegal improvements were built during that time were discovered more recently during the sale to the current property owner. Um, so the current situation is that the garage is built over four feet past the front property line to the second avenue right of way um, and up the rear property line. The porch um, that Ken mentioned on the south side of the house is built over the property line. Um, and previously there was a five foot administrative setback granted um, per Christie. There is a footnote in our regulations that allow um, the director in uh, Pittsburgh, Milner, and Hans Peak to authorize reductions in required setbacks without variance as long as they are consistent with existing buildings in the vicinity. Um, but that only gets you to five feet. So I will show the site plan again and point out where that five feet was. Um, but that was granted and it made sure that at least the livable portions of the home um, were in compliance. Um, and it is in conformance with the properties in multiple directions because uh, a lot of Milner has lots of non-conformities. Um, so most, um, so all of the building improvements besides the garage um, and the porch com comply with the five administrative setbacks. So what Ken is trying to do is get a variance to keep as much of the garage as possible. Um, and the county is requiring him to remove any encroachments that extend across the property line or that do not receive a variance. Um, and then he'll be getting building permits retroactively after that. Um, so just to point all this out on the site plan here, so the kind of reddish color is the area that um, would be removed. So this this porch right here um, would be cut back to the five foot setback line. If you guys can see this kind of dotted line that runs on the inside of the property lines all the way around, that is the five foot administrative setback that Christie granted. Um, the house is fully contained within it, except for this little sliver here that is legally non-conforming because of that CO. Um, so the porch is not under consideration tonight. The front of the garage over the property line would be removed as well. And then what you guys are evaluating is this blue hatched area, which is basically what is beyond the five foot setback up to the zero foot setback line. Um, and that's something that we cannot approve administratively and that requires the variance. Um, and then to show you some site pictures, um, here's what it looks like. Um, I think you guys have already seen this in your staff packet as well. So the um, there's an entire parking area that's off of the paved portion of the road, which is further beyond this picture. Um, this is kind of looking down the side of the garage. Um, and then you can see in this picture right here on the right, um, the paved area is 
behind these cars, and then the property line is actually completely off the picture here. Um, there's a very large setback between the paved street itself and the front property line of the property. Um, and then some additional pictures. This is looking towards the southwest, towards the trailer park that is on the west and south sides of the property um, and is oops, separated by a hill. Um, this is the porch that we were talking about that would be removed. And then just some more pictures looking behind that porch. Um, and I neglected to put the criteria for approval in here. So I'm going to switch real quick to the zoning. Well, it's in the package. What? It's in the package. Yes, yes. Um, I will. Well, it's not. These are. While you're looking, Michael. Uh, condition number five. Mm -hmm. Is that type of uh, lighting generally prevalent in this in the town? Um, let me pull that up. Yes, that is, that is a requirement that basically anytime anyone goes through a um, a permit process through the county, they that condition is added. Um, oh. <laughs> So it's, it's basically just a standard condition that's applied to anything in the county. Once so opaquely shielded Meaning that like, you can't shield it with something clear because that wouldn't shield it at all. Opaque means that light does not shine through it. So lighting would be would be downcast and shielded so that it doesn't shine into other properties. It's to support dark skies. Um, and it's something that's actually in our regulations, that standard that we pull over to standard conditions. Typically, you see them uh, with use permits. Um, they're always attached to uh, use permits for conditional uses and special uses, um, and but they also are applicable to the board of adjustment. So yeah, um, the standards for grant or denial of variances is 3.4.6, section A here. Um, you guys have this in your packet and have looked over. Um, I won't go through all of them, but. Those are the criteria that you would have to find that this is in compliance with. Um, and so going back to the PowerPoint, yes, these are the conditions that are basically the default for this sort of situation. Um, the only unique one is the first one that basically deals with the timing of this application because these aren't, um, these buildings normally, normally you get a variance and then you build your structure um, because this is effectively going through code compliance. This condition was worded a bit differently to take care of that. Um, but that's really it. These are pretty standard conditions for a variance. You, you mentioned earlier, Michael, that they were that Kent would need a permit. Building permit, yeah. For what? For everything. The garage has no building permit. The additional. Oh, so, so for the existing buildings, you would need a building Exactly, permit. yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because so I'm thinking he's doing demolition. There's nothing to, you know, it's not like you're going to. You might inspect it, but you won't. Uh, you won't get the electrical or the plumbing guy out there. Yeah. Right. So, it, so the requirement is is more general that it has to be in compliance with the building department's standards. We're not going to put it here necessarily what exact permits they need because sometimes a demo permit's all you need when you're just demoing something. If you're doing a mixture of demolition and building, you might the building permit itself might just cover all that. So we just basically require that all necessary building and demolition permits must be obtained within this time frame. And if, if building determines an electrical permit is needed, that would just fall under their jurisdiction. 
So that is about it. Do you guys have any questions for myself or, or Kent? I don't have a question with the photo with the uh, cars apparently in front of the garage and the man in the street. Mm -hmm. uh, you could go to that one right here. Uh, up close is that man to the right or right? He's in the center of it. Um, he's kind of in the center of the street. Okay. And the, the cars are technically parked in the street. Yes. Perpendicular. Yeah. Yeah. He, so this property meets parking requirements. If we go back to the site plan here, the car, the, the garage itself can hold one vehicle, and then this concrete driveway labeled here can hold another vehicle. The requirement is two spaces. Um, in theory, you know, there might be parking that occurs within the right of way. Um, that's something within public works jurisdiction. So it's, we're not going to count it under planning's code for the required two spaces. But if we see that he has the required two spaces, um, and then obviously you need a driveway no matter how long it is to get to the right of the road itself, um, yeah, you may or may not find cars parking there all across Milner. It's just, it's just not really but they're, part, they're not parked on the road, they're parked in that little driveway area, right? Those two cars. They are, which is technically in the right. Of way. Yeah, okay, it's technically in the right of way, but yes. it's not anybody driving down the road. <laughs> won't have to weave around now it doesn't they don't get there did the adjoining neighbors get notice of this period yep how far out do you reach all adjoining it's adjacent property so includes, contiguous yes and, and that includes people that are across the street so it'd be this the trailer park all the way down on the left and south west and south sides um, it goes kitty corner across the alley to this property. I think there's two properties here that get noticed, and then it kind of wraps all the way around across the street and then comes back. Okay, is that a single owner on the south side? No, that's yeah, the, well, the trailer park. Trailer park. The trailer park so one owner all for the park. What is it? One owner for the park? Yes. Or is there? Okay. Well, the unit, the trailer owners own their units, but they're not considered property owners right. for the purposes of this. So the, the land is owned by the, by yes. the trailer park. Yeah. Yeah, and they rent that thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they were they wouldn't be part of it. It was just the owner of the trailer park on that side that would have been notified. Correct. And you received no no uh, response. Okay. I haven't received any comments from anyone. I vaguely recall maybe hearing a question, but I can't. It's actually been so long. I I received no comments that were necessary to write down. Okay. Question for the property owner. The dimensions of the garage for the survey uh, from the north-south dimension is 53 feet on e either side, and then across the front was 17.3 feet, and across the back, the same thing. And uh, how do you utilize the garage currently? Uh, you're uh, coming in from the north, is that correct? Okay. I'm, I'm challenge with north, south, east, west. I'm assuming that the red mark at the front is north. Yep. Uh, so we would be coming in from, or we enter in from the side of the house, which would be, what's that, the east, east side. There's a door. Are you asking vehicle entry? Or vehicle, entry? Asking vehicle entry. Oh, vehicle entry is, is through this portion right here. I have no access from the side, either side. And we see the garage door there. And then, how do you utilize the interior of the garage? 
Okay. So storage storage in cars, but what you don't see is there is a workshop uh, with a wall right here, roughly 16 feet back, I believe. Um, no, not 16, 12 feet back. Um, is that going to be impaired by the removal of the blue portion? Well, I'm hoping we're not removing the blue portion because, yes, it would significantly impair it. It would move it from 12 feet to 7 feet, which is a great big closet, not a workshop. Okay. Then how is the rest of the garage used? My truck is, I, I drive a Nissan Titan, which takes up most of the space. There's about 10 feet in front of my truck that's not being used currently, um, that's being used for storage. And in front of you would be south of it or down below? Right. Currently, because I'm parked out here, my truck goes to within about 10 to 12 feet of the front of the wall. If I lose that five feet, or I'm sorry, I'm already going to lose five feet of that. If I lose 10 feet of that, I'll be pretty close to the wall. Okay. Thank you. And it would see, and throw something else out here. It would significantly increase the cost of the repair or the fix or becoming compliant. I think you noted that in your yeah. initial request that it, uh, yeah. it had to move some studs. And uh, new supports, probably. Yeah, it, it, I move it past the support beam, and so I'd have to completely resupport it before doing it, and significantly increase the scope of the floor. And here, you guys can see in this picture, so that it's kind of constructed like a pole barn where it's got these supports every couple feet. So in between each window is a support beam, and then the workshop is this portion of the back that's green. I have no questions. Jerry, I'm good. Anything else, Lyle? Do not. Okay. You can't hear me. So I think that there's nothing to call in on Sarah or anything. Yep. Okay. Okay, so. Uh, and we have no public to get a com uh, any comments from. Um, so we can, we can go ahead and close the public portion of the, of the meeting. Um, so now I guess it's time that uh, the board. Oh, one thing we do have another issue, and that is the fact that we only have four members. That is correct. Yeah, so we need unit of it. Yes. So since there's only four board members tonight, uh, it has to be a unanimous uh, vote. And, and you have the option to say, no, I don't want to go forward tonight. I'd like to wait until you have a full board and reschedule. That's an option that you have. Because normally with our five members, we can have a four to one uh, vote. So just want to make you aware of that. Um, I guess we can uh, have a discussion now and also uh, kind of have a straw kind of vote just to let me say the planning folks did ask us to discuss one thing first, and that was would we approve this if it was new construction? Well, what would we do if, if Kat came to us and said, 
I want to build this garage like this. What would we say? Point of fact is that it is not new construction, and I have yet to find any place in either the statute or the regulations that requires us to ignore the fact that there is existing construction. And you'll hear me say that anytime. It's remarkable that uh, the applicant is removing voluntarily uh, portions of the existing improvements that are in um, the setback, and at least with the house, I think that it will be conforming once that is removed. It is, a, it is a question that's out there that's been requested. And uh, I don't think it's, it's to affect our vote necessarily, no. but that I guess it's a question that would we grant this variance uh, if it was, if he came to us and said, I want to build this garage and I want to run it right out to, to the uh, backs on that north side, uh, would, would we, and actually on the, on the south side as well, we grant that variance. And we'd have a lot more questions if that was the case. I think we'd, uh, we'd want to have uh, more comment from staff as to uh, how they would, would view that. And let's ask that question. What would, what would you guys say if somebody came to you with that and, and you? We're putting forward the document for variance. Right. It, it's a good question, and, and Brian raises um, an area of concern. This does come up quite often um, the fact that this structure is already there. Um, I think that there is a, there's a difference between something that was built um, that um, an applicant inherited versus something that they did and asked for forgiveness later. Um, but also, as you read the staff report, we are recommending approval and to support this application, being that there is historical setback precedent in Milner alone, um, and that I did sign off on the administrative setback. I only have the ability to do so much. Um, working with the applicant, they have agreed to remove some of the structure um, that is within the county right of way. Um, and that um, the remainder of that variance, um, I don't have the ability to support, but I would if I had the ability. Um, and so he is for you all um, to make that determination. And I think that there is precedent to support uh, this variance. You can't find that in a lot of places in Rock County, but there are some historical neighborhoods, Milner, Peabird, and Hans Peak, where um, it is pretty routine to find these historical setbacks um, that are um, that that just they were built so long ago, um, and sometimes they're around that 1972 or just thereafter when zoning came into play. Um, but like I said, um, we do support the application. Okay. Question I have, Board uh, Michael, is that. Frankly, I'd like to see them in the real world as opposed to the pictures. Mm -hmm. But if 
I'm looking down the street on an east to west. Mm -hmm. uh, how does it line up with the neighbors 200 feet, 300 feet, 400 feet on either side? Right. Uh, how far out in the street is it compared to the rest? How, what's the visual line of sight? It's pretty unnoticeable. Um, we obviously don't have the power to survey other people's properties to know exactly where their structures are. Um, but going to the east, um, I believe the house over here has a lot of older structures that may be not conforming. Where's um, your bureau? To right, can you see that? To, so to, the, the, right -hand side. So to okay. the east, to the east or right, there's houses that are not conforming across the street. The same thing, um, yeah. and then the trailer park makes it kind of interesting because. This is the boundary line for the trailer park. So once you're on the street, you cross this line, you're actually on trailer park property and their structures can actually come as far north as they want. Um, instead, as long as they stay off of the, the travel path, they're not, they're not causing any setback issue because they don't have a property line. Um, the way that this road got paved is that it's not quite centered in the right of way. It's, it's biased towards the north. Um, and so the houses across the street actually look closer to the street than Kent's property does, even though Kent is actually closer to his own property line. And I think that history actually has a lot to do with why the house got put in the wrong place and why the garage was placed the way it was. Um, to a lay person just standing out on the, on the road, they would not likely suspect that the property line was as far back as it was. Um, and so it, it generally is I think it went unnoticed for so long because it's so unobtrusive. One, one of the things I think would help future discussions for us is if we pulled up Google Earth too. Because I know I went and looked, I, I went and looked on Google Earth mm -hmm. and I had kind of the same concerns and thinking. And, and when I looked at it, I said, well, you can't, you, it, there's nothing jumps out of you at all other than there's just a big mismatch of buildings all around here. <coughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to pull that up right now if you guys would like. Let's do it if you please. I'm Sorry. actually, yeah, um, are you going to do it? If you have the ability, let's I see do. if we can get to it faster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not, you already have it right there. Yeah, I'm not on VPN, so I think we want to use There's Google Alerts. You can't get it right there. No, I can use that. Um, that usually, I just use Google Maps, but either or. It didn't come up that way for me, although it might for you. I, I just went to Milner and then found it, found where Second Avenue was. That did for you. Yep. So the garage in question is this structure right here. So did you make it a little yeah. bigger? It's like, where's Highway uh, 40? Um, it's going to be two blocks. Yeah, two blocks to the north, to the top. So his garage, I, his garage looks like it sticks out a little bit closer to the street. Obviously, he would then be losing five feet or so of it, so it would kind of chop it off where this where this little hand is. Um, and so this is this property. There's no setbacks. You can see this one's very close to the street. Yeah. You know, it's not close to the property line. This one's got some setback. There might be a structure here. I can tell. This is about a car length away. This one is about a car length away. 
they're all they're all roughly a car length away, kind of going up and down the street here. So that's that's the garage right there. Are the properties on either side single family residences? Yes. Um, to the west, I think we wouldn't classify it as a single family property because it's a trailer park, but every every roof you see is effectively a single family use. Um, this is a single family house as well. I don't know exactly what's in here. This looks more like a garage. The one to the left of the subject property. This one? Yes. What is it? That's a that's a double wide trailer. Okay. That's actually on Yeah, all of this wrapping is another driver on this That is all trailer park. Okay, great. Any other questions of staff or any uh, conversation? Uh, I'll ask you. Uh, you, uh, you accept us going forward with our four person panel? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, do we have any motions? I'll move that we uh, grant the variance to zero on the north and south. Um, I would also adopt the staff's suggestions with respect to everything other than the first criterion. And I would adopt the staff's condition, suggested conditions. As for the one, uh, the first condition, uh, where there was no recommendation either way by the staff, it's evident to me that given the size of the, the lot and uh, the uh, dimensions of the lot, it would be difficult to assume that there's another place to put these things. And as usual, um, I think that consideration needs to be given to the fact that there are existing improvements and that the applicant is uh, voluntarily, uh, I guess voluntarily, um, cutting a piece off the house and the garage. Okay, we have a motion. Could I um, make it one slight addition amendment to the one right? Absolutely. I would just like to add also that there's, we heard that there's historical presidents that um, in Milner and other locales to um, for this type of action. Okay, thank you for that. And then I would second. Yeah, second. So. Okay, and then I will ask for a vote. Questions oh, before the vote? Oh, sure. <clears throat> Are we imposing all five conditions? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, I wanted to clarify that. Yes. Um, you ready for a vote? Yeah. Hi. Hi. 
Chair says aye. Carries. Thank you. Thank you. To make your reference to the condition. Well, this is so they will go oh, that in the next slide. I don't remember the conditions being for you. Yeah, I will. Thank you very much. Again, we're in a public meeting, but <clears throat> I thought there was a staff note that uh, one of the requirements uh, a group should have a justification of address, and, uh, and that was the first one, I believe. Yeah, that's what I tried yeah. to do. Yeah. That's what Brian, that's what Brian was right. speaking to. And what did he say? Yeah. Yep. Do you have any idea how many variances we have granted um, at the moment? Um, I don't offhand. I can settle it up. Yeah, I can. I can. <laughs> I can look it up for you. Uh, but <coughs> typically, where we see variances, you see them in Milner. You're going to see them in yeah. Hans Peak, Yampa. Um, Things uh, that were platted before. Yeah, so they they were all platted well, in the I mean, these things were constructed, you know, 40, 50. Yeah. Exactly. And then also sometimes you'll see construction like this that happened right after we adopted zoning, so like 1970, like right after the cusp. Why, why did this guy go to a lawyer and claim adverse possession and take over all that land? I'm yeah. sorry, but I am a lawyer. <laughs> or was I don't want to be ever again. You can't adverse possess against the city. You could against the charter park. There was yeah. some discussion on that. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's 18 years statute here. Yeah. I mean that thing's been there for more than 18 years. We actually don't know that. Um well, we, uh, yeah, we, well, okay. the, the porch, the house was constructed in successive phases. We believe yeah. that the south so the I'll go back to this. Just anyway, this. yeah, it's I was. It's just a point. Uh, you know, I I was thinking about it. I'm sitting there going, you know, why why am I bringing this up at all? So yeah, yeah. And and to what Brian brought up, um, you know, this a lot of times what you guys see are things that you know were built and where. The recommendation, I would say, the recommendation of staff has always been, you know, you have to kind of look at this with fresh eyes. There is a clear distinction, though, when something is this old and it wasn't done by, you know, um, the applicant before you. The reason why we usually suggest that is, you know, um, it is for those that may build it and be like, oh, well, they'll prove it anyway because it's there. You know, so but you guys are good about you know really dictating the difference between those two because they ultimately still have to meet the same criteria whether they're built now or aren't built yet and, but in this case you know there's definitely precedent to support this variance and the historical setbacks which was part of your rationale that you included in your decisions so um sure, i don't think is he encroaching on the trailer park? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. the red. Yeah, that, that porch goes <laughs> over his property line by five. So the original house is just this narrow middle section that goes across like this. Yeah. Okay. So these rooms back here actually are legal additions as well. 
um, we discovered. And so they're going to have to get that permitted. And so if you see this red, which you can see if you go to this picture yeah, right here, yeah, you see where the boards change color right here. Yeah. So we don't know when this porch was put on. Um, but yeah, the property line with the trailer park is probably right about in the middle of it. <laughs> and so it, I apparently, they, the previous, so this application was started by the previous owner, the seller. Um, she was, she looked into potentially acquiring land from the trailer park. And apparently there was some gentleman's agreement with the owners of the trailer park that that addition could be there, but it was sold to a corporate owner um, fairly recently, actually. And so she didn't really want to even mark up that tree because it wasn't clear. It wasn't clear how an LLC based in some other state was going to react to the question. Yeah. And then, you know, just for reference to um, during this process, um, this kind of spearheaded it, but there are multiple situations like this, specifically in Hans Peak, which is a mess. Um, there's a lot of structures within the right of way. and. Um, Milner is another one, and then Keeberg, of course. But around this same time, we started talking with our county manager and um, and Road and Bridge Public Works about coming up with a process for some of these structures that if you meet certain criteria, there could be a resolution for you to keep it in place. Um, with the caveat that if the road was ever needed or ever needed to be widened or improved, it would have to be removed. And so they've done similar agreements like that. There's a house in Hans Peak that is built within the right of way on an undeveloped road. It's a platted road that's just not developed. Um, and it received a variance back in like the 80s, but no surveys were required back then. You know, and essentially the county accepted a toilet paper sketch, essentially. <laughs> and so um, we worked with that property owner. Um, the county commissioners with like a removal agreement document um, that basically says that that you know if this service ever needed he'd have to like move the, the, his house um, and now there's a more formalized process that Rotor Bridge is working on uh, with the county commissioners for situations sort of like this but this was right. kind of in between and they agreed to come before this knowing that they would have staff support for something like this. They still are taking the risk because ultimately that decision is up to all of you. So Super. I think you made a right, just, the right decision here. Just to answer your question, let me put in the back. If somebody came to me and said, we want to build this thing here to the property line, new construction, I would have said, no way. I mean, yeah. there's, there's nothing to stop them from just, you know, keeping the same area, but shrinking it north and south and widening east and west. It would have to be, I right. think they'd have to give us a justification more based on topography. Oh yeah, okay, oh, yeah. but this is flat, this is all flat. Well, it's, it's not, which is what's interesting about yeah. it is we can only assume why the, whoever built the garage put it in the configuration and alignment that they did. When I was on site, I was actually kind of amused to see that this, the back, this back portion particularly just drops off. Oh yeah, it's, back to the trailer park, It's yeah. flat until right there and then it yeah. falls off. But then the garage here, I know they've got a carport listed here and this is like a metal, like, yeah. not, like you just park under it sort of thing, yeah, but, yeah. but there's actually a significant grade difference okay. west of the garage. And I don't know if that justification, because keep in mind too, we don't know what the original contours were before they put the garage there. Yeah. So it's kind of- Fair enough. We don't know what we don't know. 
Yeah. And actually, the well, their well got put out into the right of way, too. <laughs> Which is always interesting. But none of that really surprises us sometimes when we get these old site plans and we're just like, what is going on here? Yeah, we wrote, I think Road Bridge did a revocable license for that. Yep. So that so that's the process that they're so they were able to do that for the well that they can do revocable license, which is the term of the process I was just describing um, for the garage itself. And also that portion to be removed was essentially really not in good shape anyway, right? Well, it's not all in great shape. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure with the building permit it'll all get night. I mean, yeah. would you maintain a garage in the middle of a code enforcement case? No. I I'd stain it afterwards. Yes. Yes. That's actually going back to the history of Milner. A lot of the reasons that there are so many variances is that Milner was zoned agriculture and forestry um, until about the 80s and 90s when we started encouraging people to rezone. And part of the reason why was because they were zoned agriculture and forestry, and because they didn't have bought, they didn't have sewer. So now they have a the, the county environmental health operates a sewer system, and so that allows the density to say, okay, these people can be upzoned to the density that they really were built for originally. Um, but it, it, will go, it kind of goes back to, if the setbacks were 50 feet for everyone back when it was AF, what exactly do you evaluate when you have Because at that point, there is like, this is a 50.02 foot like thick property. So there'd be a 0.02 foot sliver down the center that would actually be buildable. Mm -hmm. And so at the point you're asking for a variance, well, you have nothing to compare it to. So it, I think people's stuff is all over the place because it was just like, well, this is what makes sense and a variance is necessary no matter what we build. There's no predictability. So now with the mountain, the medium density residential that most of these properties are zoned, I think going forward, there is a lot more predictability for new structures, but for existing structures, it's still kind of like, God knows what happened. Yeah. Um, so essentially this lot is buildable in today's world. It is buildable with, with the caveat that this is the staff packet goes into this in more detail, but the MDR zone district has a 15 foot front and 10 foot side and 15 foot rear setbacks. That works fine if it's oriented long ways where the west would be the access, because yeah. that was the road it would have been accessed. But the west road got vacated. It happens to be, it would have been a corner lot in the original plat. So Second Street is the other street. And so that normally would be a side, but in this case, with how everything developed in the trailer park, you know, taking all the land around it, that became the front. And so you end up having a 15 foot front and rear, which takes a 50 foot wide lot and takes 30 feet off of it. And you end up with a 20 foot sliver down the center. So the way these lots are oriented relative to what we call the front and rear setbacks is kind of all screwed up. <laughs> but that's a good segue into the code rewrite process. So um, I mentioned this in my email to you all. Um, we um, updated and adopted our master plan back in August. Now to implement that plan and the policies within, we need to update our zoning and subdivision regulations to implement those policies. And so we just brought on consultants to help us through this project. And um, you will all be involved, specifically the Board of Adjustment language and some of that criteria will be evaluated and some of the items I know that we have all struggled with over, over time, you know, we'll reevaluate re and see what uh, kind of adjustments, no pun intended, we can make 
to um, that section of the code, but also we're going to be reevaluating our zoning districts and setbacks within them. So some of these old historical subdivisions like Fox States, right, which is at the base of the pass, yeah. that zoned AF. And um, those lots are so small. MRE. They're MRE. They have 50 foot setbacks. It's terrible. Yeah, 50 foot <laughs> setbacks, as you know, those are probably, probably one neighborhood you have made more decisions on because they're all these like really narrow, small lots with two fronts on them. And so in order to build on any lot, you need a variance for it. So we're evaluating um, all of those problems in the code to see what we can do to um, really improve it. Um, and we're going to be soliciting your input. We are looking to do a joint meeting with our consultants on the 27th of this month at 6 o'clock. If you are interested, I'd encourage you to um, join the conversation. It's more of a um, like a work session, and our consultants are going to uh, present their their evaluation of our code in its entirety, and then they want to do a Q and A of what's working, what's not. That meeting is going to be at six p.m. If you can't make that meeting, there will be Zoom calling capabilities. It will be recorded. But also, we're going to have the consultants, um, they're going to be presenting our overall community outreach and engagement of this process. And you are all stakeholders in this process. So um, my expectation is that there would be a separate discussion with all of you at a time that's convenient, either at a regularly scheduled board of adjustment meeting or you know we would do a doodle poll of a time available and if we couldn't do it if you can't make that meeting on the 27th we literally just put this together to try to schedule like time in april to do this um and you know we would encourage you i'll send you a personal invite to all of you uh, for that meeting you'll be fed and um and it should be a good discussion you know or, and really led by the consultants so the consultants are design workshop they're called they are a pretty big firm um but the office and the folks that we're working out of uh, working with are out of aspen their aspen office so um so far, we're really impressed with their work. We've only had a couple of meetings with them so far, um, but so far, up until this point, uh, they've been really professional. Their work is really up to par. Um, they have really great ideas. Um, one of the items we're looking to do is consolidate our regulations. So as of right now, you know, we have our zoning regulations and then we have our subdivision regulations we're looking to combine that into one unified code um, for simplicity instead of having two separate codes you guys all mainly deal with just the zoning regs um, but there would be a separate chapter as the proposal for the subdivision regulations you're not in this code uh, right? unique in that regard what's that you you are not unique in that regard to so combine them yeah, no, yeah. No, no. Oh, to have it separate? Yeah. Yeah. That's the way most of, um, well, my knowledge is dated, <laughs> but that's the way most of the zoning resolutions are in Metro Depth. Yeah, I mean, um, back east where I hail from, um, you know, I, I've worked with both. I would say the more modernized way is more of a unified code. 
Um, a lot of communities are moving towards that, but still a lot of communities, like you said, you still have the two separate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but these are some of the recommendations, just as an example, that they're, um, I know that they're gonna be making and then, you know, explain best practice and as two reasons why. But, um, but also, you know, to share with some of, you know, your, um, you know, your observations over the years, what, what's working, what's not. Another area we're looking to um, really evaluate the impact seawall is um, looking at reuse of historical structures. Um, as you know, you had an application probably about two, three years ago now, um, where somebody was looking to do a secondary dwelling unit in an existing barn, but it was in excess of that 300 feet. Yeah, exactly. And um, and it was denied. Oh, no, no, actually, no, that one was, that was approved, but, but the recommendation was denial based on the strict interpretation of the code. You all actually approved it. Um, but we want to support you all in that decision to give you teeth to support that rather than the, you know, black and white what the code actually says right now. Because what they were trying to do is preserve an existing barn. And what our code actually says now is, you know, really what you would have to do is remove that barn and build a brand new one within the 300 feet separation. And what our new policies in the master plan say is to support our historical character of Route County and uh, historical structures and why tear down a historical structure if it meets those, if it meets the criteria for it to actually be designated as such. Um, and in those instances, you can support that, or they might not even need a variance. Um, we're just trying to figure out what that avenue would be. But those would be examples of, you know, things that you have seen, you know, within the past five years that I think, you know, this code update, you know, you'll all be really interested in. Okay. Yeah. So I will send you a personal invite on that tomorrow. Um, if you can't make it, just let me know, and then we'll try to coordinate, um, we're going to be putting together a couple of focus group meetings, um, more on specific, um, just say transportation or on housing or on development. If there's any interest to sit in on a focus group, it's more of a, uh, a smaller discussion group and really just focus on a specific um, subject matter. Um, you know, I can definitely arrange to put you on that. We just haven't scheduled anything yet, but that is the idea. And that's a lot of what's going to be presented on the 27th. So um, the last um, matter of business is uh, the first, you know, meeting in April. Every year we elect chair and vice chair. Um, Don has been chair. Um, you've been doing a great job. I don't know if you care to stay on or how you all feel about, um, you know, not it or uh, yes, I want to do it. <laughs> uh, I moved to Hunnis. They have so few opportunities to do this. We should be elected. Who's the second? That's fine. <clears throat> it's, we can do better, I guess. <laughs> okay. Enough. Uh, I I hear you, Don. Um, 
you know, I think this year um, we're gonna have, I, I thought you had said that you had, or maybe it was Alan that said that he had a meeting that we were gonna be um, scheduling nothing. I just looked on the calendar, nothing is scheduled for, for May. Um, but if we know something's going to be scheduled, you know, more notice the better, so you, so you know. And then, um, Lyle, I don't know if you have anything to add um, or who. Right now, Brian, you're your vice chair. Would you? Uh... I'll resign. <laughs> yeah, you said resign. Resign. Yeah, resign as well. That's okay. Um, uh, Lyle, did you have anything to add? You had, it looked like you had a question. No, I just thought we need to clarify the vice chair oh. issue, which I still think we need to clarify. Are you declining from vice chair or oh, resigning? Sure. <laughs> Come on, you love us, right? What's that? I will continue to serve. Okay. If the Lord wishes me to do so. So moved. Yeah. Second. Second. Okay. Sure. I will let Sarah know. Thank you very much. And Don, I will reach out to you on the side and um, uh, and we can meet and discuss. Um, Chair, I you followed everything tonight, um, and that is all good. But let's let's have a talk and we can uh, let me see how I can support you. Yeah, great. Awesome. Well, I think we are. What other items? Adjourned. The uh, tablet. Uh, what's the program with the tablet? Are, are we signing receipts for the tablets? Uh, and how are we going to keep these up to date? Uh, do we leave them here and come by and pick them up? No. Nope. So you take the tablets with you. Um, you should have. Is that the um, contract right there in front of you? Sure. Oh, no, that's just your other thing. Um, we'll send you via email. Um, these are for your use to take with you, um, and there is going to be like a user um, agreement. Um, we will send you to sign. Um, basically, when you resign, um, it gets returned to us. That's the long and short of it. And uh, keep the content business uh, and for you know board of adjustments, um, but it is for your personal use. Um, and uh, that's basically what the contract will say. So then you can uh, print that out or if you want to stop into the department and hand that off, that's great. As far as it being maintained, um, Michael Eggert, not Fitz, um, he will be loading all of your content, content onto it. So it should be automatically updated. If you have questions or need a tutorial or troubleshoot an issue, um, you can reach Michael or just reach out to me and we'll um, coordinate a time for you to come in and we'll check it out for you. A suggestion uh, if Michael is monkeying around with it is to uh, get an application that will allow us to interlineate comments so there is a way to do that right now. Oh, good. Um, so you can write, um, there are places to make your comments as you're reviewing them or even on the fly. And there's also capability as you're talking about GIS um, to bring that up 
and you can uh, we'll always have an aerial available <laughs> no, just, uh, in, in the presentation but also for your own use like at planning commission the other day you know some of the planning commissioners you know were um, searching on their own as we were talking about the application and um, looking at adjacent property owner notifications and things like that so this tablet has all of those capabilities it can be as simple as you want it or it could be more complex but what i'll have to do is um michael will be back next week and i'll have him set up even a zoom call or if you wanted to, if you have time to stop it in he can walk you through all those capabilities how does he upload it uh, remotely what's that how does he upload it remotely how does he get it from so just this? like our agendas do you know how to um do you know how to find our agendas on the yes. uh, route county website so we when we upload those to the website it automatically gets uploaded onto the agenda so this is a yep. you can see it's a share drive yep so anything that gets put on that drive is going to appear in that folder does it do i have to go into my wi-fi that uh, oh yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to go on your Wi-Fi to see. Yeah. This can look up to my Wi-Fi. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you just um, how you would um, connect remotely with your phone or with your home computer? Excuse me. You would do the same. You there. You swipe down at the top, and there's a Wi-Fi button. Um, of how you would connect to your home internet, or if you're at a coffee shop. Um, wherever you are, you can connect to Wi-Fi that way. And what they did to make it more user-friendly, there are the two tabs that automatically will upload because it's through a shared drive, your the staff agenda, uh, the agenda, and then the staff packets. Hmm. And this could be hooked up to my printer at home too. Then. Uh, um, you'll have to you'll have to do that. Yes, you can. It depends on your home yeah. setup. We can't we can't quite predict that. Well, there are there are some ways to make hands right. But I mean, if if I go in here, Michael, mm -hmm. and I click on this PDF document, yeah. I should be able to somewhere here go to prints or something. Yeah. You, you, well, that's yeah. assuming you have your printer installed. Yeah, it, and then it's gonna it'll say searching for printers, and then I'll tell yeah. it which one. Yep, and if yeah, if, if it has yes, yeah, yeah, so. exactly. So it, while it depends on how your printer um, uh, connection is at home. They have a Wi-Fi printer. Oh, okay. so then what he, uh, Jerry just described, you should be able to um, connect your printer that way. And we could use this for Zoom too. So it looks like it's set up for Zoom. Absolutely. To where yeah. we just click on the minutes, go to yep. the Zoom connection and it takes us right Exactly. There. And what we could do, um, the uh, Michael and Blake actually were um, both our front end staff. They were thinking about putting together like a, a tutorial and sending it out to you all. And then obviously, if you want to come in, if you have time to do that, they're more than happy to walk you through all the different capabilities. I personally am going to wait until my grandson. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good plan. Hey, I could say if Doug Munger can use anybody who knew Doug, yeah. if he could use a tablet during county commissioner meetings, we all could do it. Your grandkids are going to load games on here, though. First. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 
Um, I think it's just like anything else that's new, right? Just getting used to it. I mean, we absolutely can still print out and have available paper copies if you prefer. And like I said, if there's any um, larger maps, if you wanted a color map or something, you know, it's just a matter of just letting us know. Shoot us an email. We can have that available. No, I've right? seen it. So What's that? Have to do paper copies for me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There you go. Some of us are still hybrid. No judgment. I'm still that way. <laughs> Not all of us in the office, though. You know, some are all. Uh, yeah, it depends on what it is. But sometimes, you know, I still like to, you know, have, like on maps in particular, um, have that in front of me, and then I go back and forth. It's really a matter of preference. Um, so. Yeah, um, let's see. I think that is all I had um, on my notes. Did you have any other questions for me? I'm good. All right. Well, on that note, I think we are adjourned then. Okay. Yep. I have right. a question for Jerry. Sure. How did you see getting to the Wi Fi? <laughs> Oh, about the printers. He was talking about, about the yeah. <laughs> so you pulled out. Oh, and you pulled so out. Pulled okay. out, and you're on route guest now. But if route guest wasn't available, you just click here, and it would it would 